Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Roaring 2020s podcast. Twitter, the app that can make or break people's careers, where kings, celebrities, and cooks and commoners alike get to broadcast their experiences and share their thoughts in 280 characters or less. Brainchild of tech entrepreneurs Noah Glass, Evan Williams, Biz Stone, and Jack Dorsey, the social media platform is one of the biggest in the world boasting 392.5 million monthly active users in 2019. Despite its flaws, it's clear that the site has its benefits, allowing people to quickly capture what's on their mind and voice their opinions, and the character limits makes it an ideal place to share breaking news on events in real time. Knowing this, Twitter has a feature that highlights the headline news and what people are talking about, the trending page. Now, I've been on Twitter trending page a few times over the past few weeks or so, and it's kind of a mixed bag, to be honest. Obviously, like sometimes you'll get stories that are relevant and people are talking about, but then you'll have some random things that come up on the trending page and just the topics just don't really make sense. Like if you're talking about a celebrity like Trump or Kanye or Kim Kardashian or something like that, like if it's like a famous person, then usually the trending page is pretty interesting. But then, if you have someone else like Catherine or Andrew or Jack, you could very well get tweets based on a famous Andrew or a famous Catherine or a famous Jack. And most of the time you'll be able to figure out what the topic is about. But more often than not, if I click on just random words on the trending page, I'll probably get most of the tweets being about just different random things, mostly people who are tweeting other people and just so happen to use a word that ends up on trending. Like, let me just go on like trending like right now. So if I look through, there's some topics that make sense, but then we scroll down to the end and we have fabulous. Like what's, why is fabulous trending? I click on fabulous and okay, it's a, Twitter account called Fabulous. But then I scroll and it's just like here's people saying, oh, they have like a fabulous actor, fabulous drawn they made, a fabulous dog, oh, have a fabulous day, fabulous outfits. It's just kind of like a mixed bag of just random things. So I don't know if it's all supposed to be related to like one thing or if Loads of people just happened to use the word fabulous in their tweets today. So Twitter decided, oh, this word appears in like lots of tweets. Let's put on trending. Because if that's the case, then 
the word that should be trending every single day because it's the most commonly used word in the English language. I don't know, it depends. I feel like if you are getting a hashtag on trending, usually hashtags on trending are coherent and make sense. Like if you click on hashtags that end up on Twitter's trending page, most of them are serving a purpose and majority of the tweets you'll be able to figure out pretty quickly why the hashtag has gotten onto trending. But if you just have like a random word like shoelace, that could either be about some very important shoelace company going out of business or I don't know, the EU banning shoelaces from all future shoe manufacturing products. But it could just be that loads of people decided to buy shoes today and figured, oh, their shoes had cool laces, let me tweet about it. So it is a mixed bag. Sometimes you'll get interesting topics, but I feel like uh, more often than not, go below like the top 10 on trending and you'll find that it's pretty hit or miss. So in today's podcast, we'll take a look at some trending topics and I'll give my take on some of them. All right, so the first topic I want to talk about is the Xbox Games Showcase. Now, I didn't watch the showcase when it first went live a couple weeks ago, but I did recently get around to watching it. And I do think they definitely timed the showcase well. I think that they could have potentially had it before the PlayStation Future of Gaming event. But I do think that, yeah, they definitely chose the right time to reveal the Xbox console launch lineup, especially now that the PS5 reveal is kind of old news at this stage. I think it was a good time for them to talk about some of the games that we should be looking forward to and giving us an idea of what to expect once the Xbox Series X comes out this holiday season. Yeah, I think that before I watched the Xbox Game Showcase, I was pretty dead set on getting the PS5. Literally, I saw that design, as silly as it may be, and off the wall, it looked cool. Like, you can't deny that it looks cool. It looks futuristic. Like, PlayStation definitely didn't mess around and, you know, give us, like, the umpteenth black game console. Like, they said, you know what? This is a new decade, a new future of gaming. Let's make sure that our console highlights that. And so... We saw the PS5, we saw how it looks like, and yeah, like, I saw that PS5 and I was like, I need to get that. But that being said, I didn't watch the full event, so I'm literally just basing, basically, I'm literally the only reason I want the PS5 is because it looks cool. So watching the showcase and seeing what games that, Microsoft has to offer definitely made me reconsider if I'm going to get a PS5 this Christmas. And I didn't really go into the showcase with any expectations. 
I know there's a lot of like Xbox diehard fans and a lot of people are really looking forward to getting Halo Infinite, but I'm honestly more of a Nintendo fanboy. So I didn't really have any expectations going into the showcase. I just took the games for what they are and didn't have any hopes or wasn't really disappointed with anything I saw. So I watched the Xbox game showcase and I was quite impressed with the lineup. Obviously you had the major games like Halo Infinite and Forza Motorsports, which are staples of the Xbox. They're probably like the biggest Xbox exclusive games that you get. So it's no surprise that Microsoft has both in the works and they're going to be releasing those once the Xbox Series X comes out. But they also had a lot of like other titles which seemed quite good. I would say my favorite games from the showcase were Psychonauts 2 and Fantasy Star Online 2 New Horizons. As I've already mentioned, I'm kind of a Nintendo fanboy. So I don't know, I'm not really looking for high fidelity, you know, 4K, 120 frames per second, running on Unreal Engine 5 type games. If a game I like so happens to have all those qualities, so be it. But really for me, it's more about the story and how interesting and how engaging the game looks for me. So I feel like from the games that I've seen, they seem fine, but I wouldn't say they're any more or less impressive than any other Xbox games that I've heard of in the past. Whereas with Psychonauts 2, I definitely feel like they're going for a different style. Definitely in the art style anyway. I'm not really sure what the story is, to be honest, because I haven't played the original game. But from what I've seen from the showcase, it does seem like an interesting game. They definitely have a unique concept. And so if I were to get a Series X, I would definitely pick up Psychonauts 2. And Fantasy Star Online, PSO, I think... Well, it's a Sega game, and Sega is probably the only company that I kind of have any tabs on, seeing as I've exclusively played Nintendo consoles up to this point. So when I saw the Sega game, I figured, you know what, I'll probably give this game a chance. It definitely does seem like a game I might like. Again, I would probably have to play the original game since I have no idea what PSO1 plays like or what the story is about. But, you know, that's what a showcase is for. It's not really trying to, well, I guess it is really trying to convince you to buy the games, but it's focusing on showing you what the Xbox has to offer. And I definitely think those two games, Psychonauts 2 and PSO2 are the games that I would be looking forward to the most. I'd say, other than those two, uh, Destiny 2 does seem interesting. It's a title that I'll probably be keeping an eye on, especially after the poor reception of Destiny 1. 
I'd be really keen on seeing what they can do to either improve from the first game or what they don't improve and whether or not fan reception improves with the sequel. So I'll be sure to watch this space to see what's going on. But yeah, it was an interesting event. I think they definitely put a lot of effort into it. And even if you're not an Xbox fan like myself, it has put the Xbox on my radar. So I'll definitely be taking a bit of time to consider which console I end up getting this holiday season. Like right now, I'd say it's definitely still up in the air. So I'll have to see what the prices are, what other games they'll have in the future, and what both Microsoft and Sony plan to do with their next generation of consoles. So yeah, that was my take on the Xbox game showcase. It was number one and trending about two weeks ago. Another thing that's been on trending for quite a while over the past few days is Taylor Swift. The reason being that she had a surprise album release on July 24th, releasing a brand new album called Folklore, her eighth studio album as of right now. And yeah, definitely wasn't expected. A lot of people are really enjoying the album. It's definitely seen a lot of success over the past few days. And so seeing as how there's tons of people on Twitter talking about it, I decided to give the album a listen from myself. So I listened to the album and I think it's a nice listen. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm just going to get that out right now. But I think some of the songs in the album are definitely worth a listen or two. I would say the main single, or at least the one that's been topping the charts, Cardigan, is definitely worth a listen, even if you're not really into Taylor Swift. I would say that was one of the songs I liked on the album the most. also personally enjoyed August, and this is me trying as well. Another track on the album... Invisible Strings gives me a lot of Red vibes. Red obviously being a song from her fourth studio album of the same name. And yeah, I think I like the approach that Taylor is taking with this album. I know that she originally started as a country artist and she rose to fame doing a lot more pop songs or at least releasing mostly pop singles. But I feel with this album, she's taking more of an indie approach. And I'd say compared to other songs, this, I like this a bit more. I like this quite a bit more, actually. Like I say, the songs on the album are unique. Each one kind of tells their own sort of story. And having Bon Iver feature as well, I think added a bit of variety to folklore, especially with his deep tones complimenting Taylor's pitch on the track. What else can I say about the album? Yeah, I think it's an album, is an interesting album, especially considering that she spearheaded most of the album and was definitely like the creative leads in the album, both in terms of just 
from both the writing to the singing to producing hell even the music video she shot for cardigan she was the one who picked out the wardrobe so taylor's definitely done a lot of work to get this album out the album has definitely shown that taylor has evolved as an artist but i do appreciate that you know some of her songs take her back to her roots a bit her work has definitely paid off with her album having the biggest opening day streams for female artists passing uh, ariana grande's album thank you next she also has a seventh consecutive number one album on the billboard 200 and she's the first artist ever to debut an album and a song at the top of the charts so that's that's a really good achievement. She has the biggest first week sales of 2020 in the US. And she had the second biggest US streaming week for a female album ever. I mean, I could go on. There are so many records that Taylor Swift has broken with the release of Folklore. But overall, I think it's a good album, a good listen. Even if you don't have time to stream every single song, which I don't know if you do or don't have the time, I'm not your boss, but yeah. Even if you can't stream the whole album, I'd say definitely give Cardigan August and This Is Me trying a listen because they're my favorite songs from the album and I definitely think that gives you a good idea of how the album is like. Definitely a more different style to Swift's previous hit songs. And I would think if this is Taylor Swift's artistic direction going forward, then I might become a Taylor Swift fan. I don't know. Yeah, so Folklore is available to buy and stream. So give it a try if that's something that you're interested in listening to. Speaking of celebrities, another equally successful but less liked one is Jake Paul. Now, if you've been living under a rock and you haven't heard of Jake Paul, he's probably best known as being a YouTuber who has an obnoxious, over-the-top personality. And to be honest, in some of his videos, And in his real-life antics, he's been quite a prick. And the reason Jake Paul is trending over the past few days is because on Wednesday, the 5th of August, some police vans were spotted driving to his home in California. And sometime afterwards, they were seen taking firearms out from his house. Now, Jake Paul has been in quite a number of controversies over the years, from neighborhood complaints of him setting things on fire in his pool, to more recently being charged and arrested for his involvement in lootings during Black Lives Matter protests in Arizona. So, this 
isn't the first time that Jake has been involved with the police. We don't know why the police went into his house, but there are a few speculations. Some people suspect that the police might be looking for him due to his connections to Armani Izadi, who got his house raided the week before Jake's house was. And Izadi itself kind of has a shady past. He has been charged for being a pimp, for lack of a better word. So it definitely does seem to be some reasons to warrant searching Dick Paul's home. Not to mention the fact that even though he was arrested and charged, it is still very possible that police may want to ask him further questions in relation to the riots. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jake skipped town because of all the things that police want him for. So while I can't say for certain why the police want to find Jake Paul, I do think that wherever the case is, it'll be yet another item on the long list of reasons why people continue to hate the ex-Disney celeb. Finally, and unfortunately, I think it would be remiss of me to not talk about this because this is a very serious issue that has happened in recent days and I just want to shed a bit of light on this situation. So on Tuesday, the 4th of August, 2020, an explosion caused by ammonium nitrate at a warehouse facility in the port town of Beirut in the country Lebanon destroyed seven buildings and killed over 150 people. The blast also injured thousands more and has basically devastated the whole city. Now, as I said, the blast was caused by several tons of ammonium nitrates catching fire. Over six years ago, uh, the ship that brought the deadly chemicals into the city had stopped at Beirut illegally. The crew members of the ship basically abandoned the cargo after learning this. And unfortunately, due to many unfortunate circumstances, a lot of the residents saying, for the most part, due to authority negligence, the shipment was stored in a warehouse facility that wasn't properly equipped to store the ammonium nitrate properly. And as a result, a fire that broke out in a nearby warehouse subsequently caused the deadly blast. Reports say that the blast had a yield of between 200 and 500 tons. The blast also registered a magnitude of 3.3 on the Richter scale. And yeah, I can't even describe how much devastation that the blast has caused. Like just its size alone and its impact could be heard across the whole country of Lebanon and even from as far away as Cyprus, which is 100 kilometers from the 
city itself. I'll also link to some before and after pictures that just just really highlight how deadly this blast is. And yeah, I don't think I can put into the words how terrifying it must have been, especially for the residents who are living in a country that was already suffering heavily from the COVID-19 pandemic and from financial issues as it was. So this blast has further devastated communities in Lebanon. Fortunately, the EU, UN, Central Emergency Response Funds, the US and other countries have so far pledged a combined $45 million over the past few days to aid emergency and reconstruction efforts in the city. But there's no doubt that Lebanon will be facing serious economic challenges in the coming weeks ahead. The government there are investigating what's caused the blast and who's to blame, but there's no doubt that some blame has to go through the leadership for not making sure that this unfortunate incident could have been prevented in any way possible. My thoughts and prayers go out to anyone that is suffering from this tragic incident and Hopefully, this can lead to action that can improve the city and improve the country as a whole going forward. So, this is the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got something out of it. I think now's a good time as ever, seeing as... I've talked about Twitter so much. I should plug my own Twitter account for this podcast. So if you're interested and you want to share your thoughts and ideas for future episodes, or just want to see my own thoughts and opinions and what I'm working on, then you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Roaring2020sPods. So that's at R-O-A-R-I-N-G 2020's pod. And as always, you can also subscribe to the podcast and download it from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hopefully I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Roaring 2020's podcast.